0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Let's begin by setting an intention. May our time this morning be an opening for grace. For a fuller awakening and enlivening of Christ in you, both individually and communally. May it be an opening of minds and hearts to risk moving away from the shore, from any sense of personal or communal limitation, and into deeper waters of awareness, deeper waters where we live knowing that in, through, and as God, all things are possible. This is the intention we hold this morning. Amen. So today, many Christian churches, denominations around the world, are celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, which is a movable feast, but always celebrated 50 days after Easter. And it's considered the end of the Easter season, so today is the 50th day of Easter. And while we don't celebrate Pentecost as a feast in New Thought, there is significance for us in the Pentecost story, so this morning we'll look at it through through three different lenses. Historically, as detailed in the second act of the book, The Act of the Apostles in the New Testament, metaphysically, as in consciousness, and through the lens of our lived experience and how this Pentecost consciousness or awakened awareness, along with renewed faith and zeal, strength, wisdom, imagination, and love can impact how we show up in life and in the world. I also wanna touch on the creative process or the metaphysical trinity of mind, idea, and expression because Pentecost is really about giving outward expression to to our true or divine nature or of letting your life speak on a grander scale. So referring to this slide on the back of the screen behind me on the boat on the shore, then and now the Pentecost experience invites us to let go of the shore to explore deeper waters, a deeper lived experience of truth, and to become spirit-empowered witnesses in word and action of the good news of Christ in you that's transformed our lives to be the best Christ that we can be. The account of Pentecost from the Acts of the Apostles goes like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and left the upper room and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them and to proclaim the good news to all who would hear. Those gathered in Jerusalem were actually celebrating a Jewish feast day, the the day of Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, as it's also known. It was a harvest festival where the people gave the first fruits of their harvest to God. The followers of Jesus didn't give up their religious beliefs and practices at the beginning. In fact, some of them probably never did. And on the occasion of Pentecost, they were all gathered together in one place, an upper room, After fulfilling their traditional practices of the day, they no doubt began to think about Jesus and what he had taught them and to contemplate the many things he did. The idealism of Jesus lifted their thoughts and feelings to a higher level of contemplation and receptivity, and something began to happen to them that they had never experienced before. This new experience they had was described as the sound of rushing wind from heaven and also as tongues of fire. It must have been an exciting and inspiring experience, and also frightful for some of them. When the local people heard what was going on, they were all so astonished. The followers of Jesus were so inspired that they were able to do unusual things, such as speaking in different languages, even though they have never done this before. The pessimists said they were drunk, but Peter got up and began to explain that they were not drunk. It was only nine in the morning. He said that this was the experience that the prophet Joel had spoken of when he said, And it shall be in the last days that I will pour forth my spirit upon humankind." So whether the events of this first Pentecost unfolded exactly as detailed in the Acts of the Apostles, something of significance happened, a quickening of the heart, a shift in consciousness that transformed the lives of Jesus' followers and gave them a strong inward sense of purpose or calling and an outward faithfulness and fearlessness in their sharing of the good news. So much so that we're still speaking about it today. Metaphysically, this day of Pentecost is a day of harvest, when the ideas that we have meditated and prayed on and accepted as true spring forth in consciousness, becoming living realities in our lives instead of mere mental concepts. This spiritual unity with God at our center brings about a more harmonious working together of all the powers of our Christ nature. And through the unifying harmonious power of divine love, we awaken to our oneness with all of life and find the grace to honor diversity and work in perfect harmony with all people everywhere for the outpicturing of the kingdom of God. In Peter's sermon in Acts 2, he states that this event was the beginning of a continual outpouring that would be available to all believers from that point on. It all began when the faithful gathered on that first Pentecost. The winds of change came and empowered the faithful. We continue to experience Pentecost moments. Those winds are still blowing upon the church, and we are still being swept up to new heights of prayer and inspiration and witness. And like those early followers of The Way, it's time to leave the upper room and to give greater expression to the good news that has awakened and transformed our lives. And so today, I want to explore with you the creative process, the metaphysical trinity of mind, idea, and expression. But here's the thing. We are always creating from one level of consciousness or another, from a lower or higher vibration and everything in between. And so we begin with an awareness of our oneness with omnipresence, with omnibenevolence, present and active in every aspect of our lives, and which in practice means putting God first in each present moment and each experience that we walk through. Our lives are a series of now moments, And each now, including this one, and this one, and this one, is indestructible and inexhaustible. And the fullness of God and love and good abides in it. I have a special appreciation for Quaker theology, and this is one way that a Quaker writer describes their belief. Deep within us there is an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul, a holy place, a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continuously turn. Eternity is at our hearts, pressing upon our time-torn lives, warming us with intimations of an astounding destiny, calling us home unto itself. Yielding to these persuasions, gladly committing ourselves, body, soul, and spirit, utterly and completely to the light within, is the beginning of true life. It is a dynamic center, a creative life that presses to birth within us and through us. Another name for that inner light is Christ consciousness, the ground of our being. And living in this awakened awareness and allowing our doing to flow from a sense of our being one with God creates an opening for the divine to express in new and more expansive ways. Unity minister Eric Butterworth takes us a step further though. He writes, there's a statement that we use a great deal in truth. Wherever I am, God is. And it's a beautiful realization, one that we can always remember. Wherever I am, God is. Wherever I am, as the psalmist says, if I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, or fly into the high heavens, I am there. Wherever I am, God is. It's a marvelous realization. But I say we need to carry it a little farther. Wherever I am, I am. It's not enough to know that God is here. The important thing to know that God is that God is here, manifesting as the divine activity that's flowing forth through and as me. I am here. And the fact that I am here, I know that God is here manifesting as me. But I don't know about you, it's easy to get spiritually distracted. We live most of our lives, as the Irish poet William Butler Yeats calls, the whirling circumference of life, forgetting that there is a depth within us. In metaphysical insight, though, we realize that there is something more involved in life, that we can't understand life by appearances at the circumference. There's always something more, something richer, something deeper, something finer. We remember that circumstances come and go, but a greater truth, that of God within, supersedes them all. Now, This doesn't mean that we ignore the facts of the day or our feelings while insisting that everything is fine, but it does mean that we anchor our faith in a greater good and then consciously live and create from that awareness of God in the midst of us that is mightier than any circumstance. We can acknowledge whatever is happening, being present to any fear, anxiety, or anger that we might be feeling, while knowing that a universal flow of love and intelligence is present within and around us in each moment. In his book, Adventures in Prosperity, Unity Minister Ernest Wilson wrote, The impractical truth student tells what he would do if conditions were different, while the practical truth student knows that to them that love God, all things work together for good. He prays not so much for different opportunities and greater ones as for a clear, alert vision that will reveal to him the opportunities at hand. In truth, God is present in its entirety in every aspect of life. And since God is present, so too is the answer to whatever it is that you're seeking to understand, whatever guidance you need, whatever thing you feel needs to be expressed or experienced in your life, it is present, total, complete, in God, in divine mind. And we live in divine mind. In speaking of the creative process, Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore refers back to the seven-day creation story in the book of Genesis. Each day begins with and ends with, let there be, and there was, and it was good. Fillmore says that the starting point of any creative process is the infinite potential of divine ideas. And he follows this up with, sincere desire is a form of prayer. And so when we turn within in prayer, we use desire to claim and appropriate divine ideas, which are the origins of thoughts, perspectives, and insights for action. As as we use creative law, mind, idea, and expression, we always move from infinite potential to divine ideas to focused thoughts and to action. But what does this theory look like in practice? In his book, The Naked Now, Learning to See as the Mystics See, Father Richard Ward gives us a glimpse of how God shows up disguised as our lives when he writes that we mend and renew the world by strengthening inside ourselves what we seek outside of ourselves in each now moment. And so if you want others to be more loving, choose to love first. If you want a reconciled outer world, reconcile your own inner world. If you are working for peace out there, create it inside as well. If you notice other people's irritability, let go of your own. If you wish to find some outer stillness, find it within yourself. If you are working for justice, treat yourself justly too. If you find yourself resenting the faults of others, stop resenting your own. If the world seems desperate, let go of your own despair. If you want a just world, just start being just in small ways yourself. If your situation seems hopeless, honor the one spot of hope inside of you. And if you want to find God, then honor God within you, and you will always see God beyond you. For it is only God in you who knows where and how to look for God, one moment at a time. That said, theologically, I want to make this more relevant as it relates to our current experience in our country and our world, several current shared experiences that we're having. Globally, we are moving through and slowly beyond a pandemic. And as faith communities now in more than two years, the pandemic has challenged or invited us to redefine or expand our vision of what it means for us to be community and to be resilient and creative as we honor our mission and vision. And we have done a good job of that here at Unity of Fairfax. Once again this week in Tulsa, as if Buffalo and Uvalde weren't enough, we've been made painfully aware of a pandemic of gun violence here in our country the work of dismantling and healing the effects of systemic racism seem at times two steps forward and one step back. We continue to watch a devastating war in Ukraine, discerning as a nation what is ours to do. Consequences of climate change are more and more apparent. And this month, June, is LGBTQ Pride Month. I'm grateful that Ms. Wolf addressed that this morning, and this community holds the light for a more inclusive world. And so a big thank you for those who showed up yesterday and supported Rest in Pride. But Pride Month is not just about a party. It's a time to gratefully acknowledge the progress we've made, but also to recommit to the work until all are safe, all are welcome, and all are free. LGBTQ pride has a price. And it's important, because in this moment, someone ident- who identifies as LGBTQ either fears for their life or believes they are better off dead than being themselves. And that's the truth. So what did I miss? That's a lot to process, a lot to hold in our hearts. And yet that's, that's why we join together each week, which is why it's so good for us to be here to hold the high watch, to remind each other of our magnificence, to support each other in our awakening, to be a community of healing and transformation, to be the light of the world in our small circles and to Oakton and beyond, to join our hearts and minds, time, talents, and treasures individually and community to co-create a world that works for everyone. We can't solve the problems of the world with the same consciousness that created them. But our fourth unity principle reminds us that through prayer and meditation and other spiritual practices, we stay centered in truth that it is not me, but the Christ of my being that parts the seas, that walks on water, that feeds the 5,000, that heals the sick and raises the dead, that honors and celebrates a world awakened to peace, abundance, and respect for all creation. Through an historic lens, whatever happened on that first Pentecost, minds and hearts opened to a power and possibility that was within them, seeking to express through them as them. Fear was transmuted to fearless loving. They embodied the good news of Christ in you, and it became their hope of glory. And they went forth from that upper room with clarity of purpose to share the good news that had transformed their lives. And today is no different. We are at a Pentecost moment. This is a Pentecost moment in our lives, our country and our world, and this now moment is indestructible and inexhaustible. The events of these days turn on CNN for 5 minutes call forth the fire of Pentecost to come and renew. Call us to be a more perfect call us to a more perfect way of being. The fire of the Holy Spirit divine mind, seeking expression as our I am Christ nature, empowers and inspires us to lift our voices, to be heard, to be hear the voices of others, to share and connect with each other, and to be healing and transformation for a world in need. And if not now, when? And if not you, who? So, you who? <laughs> be on the lookout those Pentecost moments in your own life and here in community, those moments when spirit shows up undeniably as wind and flame. There's an old Quaker saying, let your life speak, which means to live from the inside out. And so who have you come here to be? And what have you come here to do? The Jewish tradition holds that each of us carries a spark of the divine within us. Jesus called those who followed his example the light of the world, while Basque shamans describe human beings as walking stars. There is a force for good in the universe, but we have to say, here I am. Be through me. Let your life speak. Charles Fillmore wrote that every time we rise to the realization of eternal indwelling life, making union with God-mind, the resurrection of Jesus takes place in us, and we become an inhabitant here and now of a new heaven and a new earth. Metaphysically, Pentecost is the ultimate rise in consciousness. Our mission to awaken each life to the Christ within begins with the person in the mirror. And so be open to, sensitive to the movement of spirit in your lives. Let's think according to the Christ thoughts. Let's radiate that love, that truth, that peace, that gentleness, that kindness, that health and harmony, which belongs to us under divine law through the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's be the light of the world, walking stars. Allowing our inner light to reveal and outpicture as a more peaceful and loving way as we hold a vision that honors all of life and as we walk each other home. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia every sunday at 9 and 11 a.m or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org we appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive practical spirituality more accessible to all see you next time